welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. He knows my name. We give honor and glory to God, to our pastor in her absence. Pastor, we know you're watching. We are praying for you. We are certainly loving on you, and we thank God for you. To our worship leader, we bless the name of the Lord for you, and to all who are watching us online and are here in this sanctuary we bless God for you you know this week alone I prayed with four people from our church who had death in their family four and then I prayed with countless others who had one issue or another sometimes you just don't know what people go through and I have been telling the church, each one reach one. That's because folks are going through stuff. They may not call you to let you know, but people are going through stuff. If you take the time to reach out, you will be a blessing. In a Peanuts cartoon, Lucy demanded that Linus change TV channels threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over, asks Linus. These five fingers, says Lucy. Individually, they're nothing, but when I curl them, together like this into a single unit they form a weapon that is terrible to behold and Linus said which channel do you want and then Linus looked at his fingers and say why can't you guys get organized like that in 1963 the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, it is appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And according to experts, that assertion remains true today. More than 80% of churches in America are segregated. Meaning, white folks go to white folk church, black folks go to black folk church, Hispanic and Asian and so on and so forth. And not only that, during this here Black History Month, we have come to see that we not only live in a divided country, we live in a divided church. In many cases, 
labels like conservatives, evangelicals, liberals, or left wings are used in churches by some Christians to demonize one another. Jesus did not die for a white church or a black church or a Hispanic church or an Asian church. The last time I checked, the church of Jesus Christ is not Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal. It does not belong to any interest group. It belongs to Jesus Christ who died and gave his blood for it. Some of my colleagues must stop using their pulpit as a platform to promote political agenda. A church service is not a political rally. Stop allowing politicians with racist and divisive ideologies to come on your pulpit to foster division and endorse hatred. If Jesus was alive today, he would go to many church services and chase out pastors and church members that have turned his father's house into a den of entertainment and the worship service into a political pep rally. Everyone ought to feel welcome in any church, regardless of who the person is, because Jesus died for an inclusive church and not a divided church. After all, we read, there is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, and in through all, and in all. I know you think that you have been with Jesus all your life. He's so holy and godly, but I know Jesus too. We have to stop looking down on folk and understand that God loves us all. Jesus built his church on the principle of unity. Let the church say U-N-I-T-Y. I can hear you. Say it again. U-N-I-T-Y. Among his disciples were women, tax collectors, fishermen, the uneducated, Unlike the Jewish leaders, Jesus reached out to Samaritans, Gentiles, prostitutes, the poor, the marginalized. He was a bridge builder who died for all of humanity. So it is not a coincidence that one of the last things that Jesus did before his crucifixion was to pray for all believers to be united. He didn't pray for us to worship powerfully. He didn't pray for us 
to give a lot of money. He did not pray for us to have success in the world, but he prayed for us, Deacon Shireen, that we would have unity in the body. So as I looked at his prayer, the first thing I look at and see in that prayer is it is a prayer of intercession. Let the church say intercession. Jesus prayed for all believers because he knew the enemy was going to sow division and attack the body of Christ. A divided church cannot do great commission work. How can a praise team worship the Lord when the members of that praise team are beefing with each other? I ain't after nobody, but I ain't trying to miss nobody either. Imagine if the minister of music is not getting along with the drummer. Or the drummer is beefing with the bass player. Or the praise team starts to get into it about who has a better voice or should be the lead singer. Only Satan would win. God will not get the glory when the church is divided and the people are not united to praise God in spirit. And in truth, imagine if the associate ministers don't get along with the deacons. The deacons are beefing with the trustees. And can a church like that really do great commission work? Can souls be brought into the house of the Lord when internally we are tearing each other apart? So Jesus prayed and interceded for us because he knew the devil was going to use division to hinder our great commission work. He knew that the only thing that can stop the church is internal strife. He knew that a church that is united in prayer, in worship, or in service to the community united in purpose, and united in its mission to the world, will have a far-reaching impact for the kingdom of God. So he prayed for complete unity for all believers. As a matter of fact, when you read the text in the King James Version and in the Greek Version, it is said that Jesus prayed for the perfected unity in the body. Not the fake kind. Not the kind that you smile in my face, but you tear me, up, tear me up behind my back. But the perfected of unity. You truly want what's best for me. You are praying for me. We get together despite our differences, but we are worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. That's what the Greek word says, perfected unity. Lord knows we've seen a lot of imperfect unity in the church. Individuals within the congregation don't get along, but on the surface, everybody seems to be smiling. Everything seems to be okay. But decades of resentment and misunderstanding have never been resolved. Sometimes we must be honest with each other and pray for one another. In the spirit of holiness, 
when someone comes to you and start talking about the Kinshireen, you say U-N-I-T-Y. Somebody want to talk about another believer, remind them, don't let the devil use you. We have to stop allowing the enemy to use us as his pawn to destroy the Lord's church. I'm not saying for you to go out to dinner with everybody. But the folks that God has brought in the church, you may not believe that, but they are a blessing unto you. And you need to start protecting your own household and stop allowing the devil to come in and tear God's house apart. U-N-I-T-Y. You want to talk about Minister Derek? Say, I hear what you're saying, but U-N-I-T-Y. I don't think he ever said he was perfect. U-N-I-T-Y. I'm, I'm confused. Sometimes I hear church folks say, I ain't going to sing in the choir if she sings in the choir. I ain't going to sit on this side because that's the side she sits in. But he said, why would we come to church? And because Sister Bridget sits over here, I want to sit over there. But don't you know that God's presence encapsulates this whole atmosphere? And if I can't get along with her, then my worship is in vain. Who am I singing for? Am I singing to entertain? Or am I singing to the glory of God? If I'm singing to the glory of God, Jesus said, I got to put aside whatever it is I have against another brother or sister in the praise team. And then I got to go in after I get my stuff together. Then I can praise because God would not listen to my praise when my heart is not right. He's saying a praise you sermon. You ain't going to like me after this. How can you sing songs of praise while your heart is filled with resentment for another disciple? Don't let the devil use you. Some people even sabotage your ministry. They are waiting for you to fail. They're waiting for you to mess up. To mess up while you're singing. Mess up while you're preaching. Mess up while you're leading. They're waiting but they don't understand. That's from the devil. Because when I fell, you fell too because we are one body. Stop waiting for another sister to mess up so you can say, see, I told you. I want Director Monica to succeed. I want Brother Derek to succeed. I want the ministers in this church to succeed. I want this worship leader to do the best job that she could possibly do. You know why? Because it's all to the glory of whom? What's it to me? Why should I be jealous or envious and want to sabotage the success of another brother or sister just because I want to make myself look better and bigger? U-N-I-T-Y. The spirit of jealousy is pervasive throughout many churches. And it is demonic. 
the spirit of envy and resentment is demonic. We are to rejoice when someone else in the body is succeeding. Because it is to the glory of God. I remember when Reverend Bell was running for uh, judgeship. I stood out there in the cold. I was shivering. Hanging out flyers and telling people, do you know this lady? You ought to vote for her. And I was so proud on the day when we got the results. Sitting there watching, I felt proud and good that she became a judge. Why? Because her success is to the glory of God. U-N-I-T-Y. Can't let the devil have a foothold in the house of God. Don't you know, individually, we may not seem like a whole lot. I want everybody to lift up your hand, whatever hand you want. Just lift up, put your fingers like this. See, that's what we are. But now I want you to boil your fist like this. When we come together as one people under God and divisible with liberty, with joy, with Holy Ghost power for all and in all, we can tear down the kingdom of the devil here on earth. So Jesus interceded for us. And the second thing I saw in here is that the prayer of Jesus is not only a prayer of intercession, but it is a prayer of prevention. Here's what I mean. Jesus prayed before the church even began. The church had not started yet at the upper room, but he was praying for you and he was praying for me. He was praying for PGC before PGC even existed. You, you can't wait to get to the church to start praying. You can't wait to get married to start praying for your spouse. You can't wait for the kids to mess up to start praying for the children. An ounce of prevention. You got to pray, get on your knees before, while you're on the honeymoon. Father, I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for my wife. While you just got promoted, you ought to get on your knees and pray. Pray before things turn bad because the enemy is looking for an opportunity to tear things apart. You can't wait to get to the church before you start praying. You better be praying at home because if you don't pray at home, the worship leader cannot lead properly. The preacher will not preach properly. The praise him cannot sing properly. You got to pray at home before before you get into the house of the Lord. Jesus prayed before. Sometimes, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about me now. Sometimes, I don't want to have a bad attitude. You need to pray for me to help me. Sometimes, the brother or sister may be picked on all week long talked about and all they can do is to hold on by a thin thread to make it to the church house and by the time they make it they are barely holding it together so if you don't pray for the holy ghost to radiate in your heart 
and fill you with love, compassion, and understanding, you might just get upset at that brother or sister. And then the whole worship service will turn negative. But if you pray and your heart is right, you will put your arms around that brother and that sister. Say, child, I love you. I don't know what you've been through, but I'm praying for you. Without prayer, people will come to church with a bad spirit and bad attitude. Because you do know that the devil does come to church. He comes to church too now. And sometimes he's sitting in the front pew or the front. Come on, somebody. He's tapping you on the shoulder. Say, look at her. She thinks she's all that. Look at him. Well, you're sitting there. Instead of focusing on the word of God, you're focusing on the preacher. You're focusing on the worship leader. He's distracting you. Because he doesn't want you to get the word. Or to feel the power of God moving through praise and worship. He's very good at what he does. So you think you're really upset at Sister Trista. You ain't, Sister Trista ain't even thinking about you. The enemy is just using you. He just got to shake it up and say, uh-uh. I didn't come to church to get mad at nobody. I came to church to glorify God. I'm going to put aside my pettiness. I'm going to put aside my issues. And I'm going to worship God. I don't care what somebody is doing. My purpose is to glorify God in the house of the Lord. If you pray before you come to church. God will turn your attitude around. The conversation will be edifying. The fellowship will be sweet i tell you something about coming into a church where brothers and sisters genuinely love each other you know you can tell the fake stuff from the real stuff you can tell when somebody said bless you i love you You can feel the genuine love in that so the psalmist say how sweet it is when brothers and sisters dwell together how sweet it is when the praise team really want each other to succeed. How sweet it is when the membership sits there and truly enjoy the experience of worshiping God. How sweet it is. And I tell you when that happens, the devil is upset because he's not invited into this party because it's a Jesus party. How sweet it is. When I'm walking in the hallway, you see me, you smile and the smile is real. U-N-I-T-Y. Jesus prayed before. And I tell you, I pray all week long before I get myself to this pulpit because I want the flesh to sit down and the spirit to rise up. I don't want the enemy to distract me. I want to keep my mind on the purpose at hand because I know this is bigger than me. It's all about God. Folks ain't coming out here to heal me. They're coming out here to hear a word from the Lord because they're dealing with stuff. It's ain't about me knowing how to preach. God can make a donkey talk, so he can make a donkey preach, so I ain't nothing. We got to stop propping ourselves up as if we were all of that in a bag of chips. Anybody can preach. It's all about God. Last time I checked, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, not the preacher. If I be lifted up, not the worship leader. If I be lifted up, not the singer. It's all about Jesus. How sweet it is 
So Jesus prayed that all may be one, just as he and the Father are one. There is no competition between Jesus and the Father. There is no envy or jealousy. They are united in purpose and united in their love for humanity. Jesus did not try to get the limelight for himself. He gave all glory to the Father. And here he is. He's praying for believers to have the same type of unity in the church. Watch this. Jesus says, unity among believers, Minister Monica, is a prerequisite for unity with me and God. In other words, I don't care who you think you are. I don't care if your grandmama was the chairperson of the deacon board. I don't care who you are, where you're from. If you don't have it right with Sister Collette, you can't get it right with me. If you can't get along with this preacher, you can't get along with me. Because we are one. If the body is cancerous and different members want to do different things, it will not work and the devil will win. We want to have the same type of unity that exists in the body. In other words... You can't tear me down and think that you can lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Watch what you say when I'm not around. Watch what you say about sister or brother so-and-so. You can't tear down another brother or sister on Saturday night and come to church, praise the Lord, on Sunday morning. Jesus prayed before. Can I be real with y'all this morning? There are some folks, Sister Bridget, who make it tough for you to support them now. Be real with you. So you got to pray before you get to the church. Sister Kelly, some folks walk into the church like they own the place. They make it tough for you to love on them. And if you ain't prayed up, the flesh might rise up because you might want to tell that person a thing or two. But if you are, you're not with me this morning. Can I be real? Some folks make it tough. You say good morning and they give you that eye roll. And you think you made a mistake, but let me try again. Good morning, brother so-and-so. Good morning. You say, Lord, what side of the bed did you wake up on? Don't fall for it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Some folks make it rough, but you got, that's why I'm saying Jesus prayed before. You got to pray before you get into the church because you get some looks. You get some attitude. But if you are prayed up, they won't be able to mess with your worship. Here it is. Jesus prayed before. And he said, I like this in verse 24. If you got your Bible or your iPad or your phone, whatever it is that you're using. In verse 24, he said this. I want those you have given me to be with me wherever I am to see my glory. I, uh, multimedia, can you put verse 24 on the screen for everybody to see? I want those 
who have you have given me to be with me where I am to see my glory. And as Shireen sang earlier, you need to understand that God is always working, but we don't always see what he's doing. His glory is saturating the atmosphere. We can't see it because our hearts are not always right. I want them to see my glory. Can I tell you this? you got to be able to see the glory of God in this sister. Don't get so caught up in what's going on in your life. If you're looking for what God is doing, listen to the testimonies. Listen to the healing. Listen to the restoration. Listen to the jobs that people are getting when they were unemployed. That is all part of God's glory. Jesus said, I'm praying that they will see my glory. And that's why when we come together and we ask for a, a praise report. Why? Because I want to know what God is doing in your life. Because as you testify, it encourages me. Because what God can do for you, he can do for me. Jesus says, I'm praying that they will see my glory. Why? I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the enemy is throwing your way. But you got to trust God. Because God is, is over there by Sister Teresa's house. But right after that, he might stop by your house. He will bless this person. He will bless that person. Some way, somehow, you will see God's glory. Just hold on just a little while. Ask for prayer. Stay in prayer. Because God is always working. Don't be discouraged. So Jesus says, I'm praying that they will see my glory. Oh, that, that will change your worship. And it will change your worship because you'll come into the house of God with a different attitude. Oh, I know that the mortgage isn't paid yet. I know the rent isn't paid yet. But I'm going to walk into the church with a worship in my mouth. Because I know that God bless this sister or brother. He will do it for me. It will change your worship. Sometimes you, you sit now, you see, you got a vintage point when you're standing right here and you can look at the church. You see some folks sitting as if they don't want to be here. Some folks are sitting there as if their mind is already way past next week. Can I tell you? Just stay in the moment because God is doing something right now. You may not see it, but the Spirit of God is in the place right now. He's going around touching. He's revealing his glory. You see the folks in the praise team getting the Holy Ghost. You see Shireen just put her head back and saying, even when I don't see it, you're working. You say, how could she be so happy? You better get in there. You better get in there because God is doing something. You see the worship leader, she catching the Holy Ghost and doing that dance. You better get in there. You, go, you better get into that glory because if you get into that glory, God will move by your house. God will move in your life. He will bless you. Jesus said, I'm praying that they will see my glory. The glory of God is in this place. Do you feel it? Do you see it? God is moving. Here it is, before you were even born. Jesus says, I'm praying that they can see my glory. Glory despite your personal challenges. You know, whenever I go on mission trips overseas, you know, I go to some, some very poor places, and I'm watching these folks 
One Sunday, I went to a church in Niger, and the folks were just, the circumstance was just, just below the standard that I'm accustomed to seeing. But I went into that worship service. The women had their African gear on. They had their head wrapped up. And with the little bit that they had, when it was time for the offering, man, they were moving like as if it was a frat party. They were stepping up, doing their dance. I mean, these women were dancing to the rhythm. They were moving as if they had something going on. And I'm looking around where the church was. And it was a bunch of huts. And I didn't see no freestanding house. But I saw these women with the little bit that they had. They were worshiping God as if they were living in mansions. And I don't understand it. Then the Lord said, it ain't what you have that caused you to glorify me. You're glorifying me because of who I am, no matter what you're going through. And if these folks can praise my name and worship me the way that they are, what's your excuse? So here I am. I'm standing up there, the foreigner in the midst. I don't know if it was culturally acceptable or not. I just got up and do my own dance because God was good to me sometimes. Don't wait for nobody else to get the party started. You get the party started yourself because you know what God has done for you. You know when you buried your sister, God gave you the strength. You know when you had no job, God put food on your table. You know when you were sick, God healed your body. You know when folks talked about you, when you were supposed to get the job, but God lifted you up. I'm not going to wait for you to start the party. I will praise God all by myself. So these women were just dancing. They didn't have much, but they saw the glory of God. They knew that the God that they served went about financial stuff, went about material stuff, but he was good all by himself. And sometimes you got to forget about money, forget about jobs, forget about position. Just worship God all by himself for who he is. The prayer was preventative. And lastly, the prayer was grounded in love. Watch this. In verse 26, Jesus closed out the prayer with these words. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you know, make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I want to read that again so you get it. I have made you known to them. Let me stop right here and say, if you really know Jesus as you said you do, just act godly every now and then. You know what I'm saying, Brother Gino? It's, just, it's okay to smile. It's okay to love somebody. You know, he say, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them. And so that the love that you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. See, Jesus can only move in where there is love. That's another sermon for another day. The pastor preached a whole series on that. And she taught us about how the power of love. Here it is. 
Jesus was praying for us to love one another because without love, you cannot have unity. Can't have unity. I know that I'm not always likable. Truth be told, you're not always likable either. I tell my wife all the time, check me because sometimes I get ugly. Remind me. Sometimes our attitude can be downright ungodly. Listen, you don't have to throw shit at anybody. I didn't say the Bible says the good that we want to do, Brother Gino, we don't do. I wish I would always be loving and caring, understanding it. I'm, I'm in this flesh. And Dr. Lachelle, I struggle against the flesh. Sometimes I have to get mad at the flesh because it's making me do things that I don't want to do. That's why I got to be prayed up because I can't let the flesh lead me. Because if it does, then God can't get the glory. There are times it is the selfish and hurtful things that we should not do, that we do. And strangely enough, it is the people that are closest to us that we hurt the most. So I'm not surprised when church folks start acting up against one another. It's the folks that love us the most, that we spend the more time with, that we end up hurting the most. Yet, God still loves us. And when we continue to fall short of his glory, he still loves us so if God can love you and me in our mess and Jesus prayed for us before he left can I ask you for a favor look at your neighbor say neighbor can you at least try to tolerate me Let's start right there. At least try to tolerate me. Because I can tell you right now, I'm going to mess up. As far as I'm concerned, probably in some people's eyes, I'm already messing up right now in the pulpit. Can you at least try to tolerate me? So we can do God's kingdom work in unity. Just put up with me while on the side of Zion. Just, just give me some, some, some latitude. Put up with me while you're praying for me. Because there's work to be done and we have to be united. And in the words of Beyonce, I'm not perfect. Yes, I do wrong. I'm trying my best. But it ain't good enough. And I know that. Sometimes it ain't good enough. Despite my best. That's why I've got to be prayed up. You know why we're praying and doing a prayer campaign? Because my best is never good enough. Because you know why? My best is not your best. Your expectation may be far greater than what I can deliver. 
So you got to pray for me that even when my best is not good enough, at least you will tolerate me. Amen? We, we can't do this gospel work without loving each other. So let us be quick to forgive, slow to get angry, and not let resentment and bitterness. You know, sometimes folks are resentful of you for something that happened five years ago. Are you serious right now? I messed up five years ago and now you can't even worship with me today because of something that happened five years ago? Something that I said five years ago? You allowing this to undermine the unity and the work that we can get together to do for the sake of the kingdom of God? Don't, don't let resentment and bitterness destroy the unity in the Lord's church. You may not have the same last name as I have. But you are my kinfolk. We may be from different background. But you are my brother and my sister in Christ. Stop allowing those differences. Oh, he's from this country. He's from that country. He's from over here. Foolishness. Because at the end, when I look in the book of Revelation, there will be one wedding between Jesus and the church. And it's not based on race. Sex or any other types is based on believing in Jesus Christ and confessing with your mouth. That's the only criteria. So you got to accept me for who I am and we got to do great work together. I want everybody to stand. I want everybody to stand. Unfortunately, I know that we are in, in COVID and you can't hold hands together. But I want to first say the words and I'm going to ask the music ministry to bless us. The song of Hezekiah Walker. He said, I need you. You need me. We all are part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We all are part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. Watch this now. You are important. To me, Minister Morant, I need you to survive. Because when you pray for me, God will bless me. The enemy cannot defeat me. And Hezekiah said in the song, and I'm reading the lyrics, he said, everybody look at somebody. And tonight, I want you, everybody, to look at somebody, whoever's sitting next to you. If nobody's sitting next to you, go find somebody. You don't have to hold their hands. It is COVID time. But I want everybody to look at somebody and say, I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I need you to survive. It is his will that every need will be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Can we sing that together now?
I want you to just hold on and, and look at a neighbor and sing this song as if you mean it. a second without music without music i need to hear your voices because sometimes the music drown out your voices this has got to be personal it's got to come from here come on i need you come on let's sing together i need you you need me you need me we all apart we're all apart look at a neighbor look at somebody look at somebody tell them agree with me It is his will that everything be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. You are important to me. I need you to all put your hands together for the Lord. The only thing that can keep God's work from being done is when we allow division to fester in the midst. And you have to understand, Dick and Don, human beings are not perfect. Stop expecting me to be perfect before you can get along with me. Then you will never get along with me. Because I can never be perfect. Pray for me. Despite my many mistakes. Give me some latitude. And help me. So together. We will be like this. And we will destroy the devil's kingdom. Don't be envious of me. Don't be jealous of me because I'm just a tool. Anything that I do is because God has allowed me to do it. Anything that this preacher has done is because God has allowed this preacher to do it. Don't be resentful and don't sabotage her ministry because you don't like her. We all are part of God's body. It is his will that every need will be supplied. And I want to close with this. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are important to me. Uh, you may not be my kinfolk as such with the same last name, but brother pastor, you are important to me. So I pray for you, but can you pray for me? We all are part of God's body. God bless you. If you are ready, to give your life to Jesus Christ we invite you to pray this prayer with us and it says dear Lord 
I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.